check. Testing one, two, three. Good morning. It is still morning. It is. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. I, 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 good morning to you right in the middle of sipping that yeah, that's fine. amazing iced coffee. It is amazing. Is it good? Very amazing. Yeah. I said, I hope you don't have diabetes. Or no, no. Because you might have to keep me awake, you know? Yeah. Uh, first of all, let me just say thank you. Brian, you introduce yourself. My name is Brian Geiger. I am the uh, head chef at the Feebos Restaurant Road of the Beach. Mm, Italian. Yeah. That's some good stuff. Yeah. I, I just want to tell you, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you letting me. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. We both appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And um, because it's tough, you know, to try to get people to come into a podcast because it's kind of, it's not that it's new, but it's kind of, I don't, I think it's a little bit new to the area. Yeah. And I know people are like, oh my God, what will I talk about? Let's talk about you and being the head chef at DeFebos. And, and, and we talked a little bit on the phone and I, you know, I do like your story. It's a great story. It is. Yeah. The, the small part that I know about it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it. You're the head chef at DeFebos, but you weren't always... No, it took me, you know, a good 20, 25 years to get where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. you know. Talk about the journey. How did that start? Uh, well, it all started out in high school. Yeah. Um, my first ever restaurant job was at Grotta's Pizza in Long Neck. And you know what? By the way, Grotta's, they do a great job. Yeah. I mean, you know, for as long as they've been around. Yeah. And I'm not as huge a fan of Grotto's Pizza, but I tell you what, any time a Grotto's Pizza is put down in front of me, I eat the whole damn thing. Right, right, it's delicious. Right. I think, uh, you know, so that's a, sounds like a pretty awesome place to start. Yeah. Um, you know, I was in high school still, a young guy. Uh, first job, uh, busting tables, washing dishes, you know. Grinding it out. Yeah, grinding it out, you know. Um, and so, you know. Uh, my sister, her boyfriend at the time, which was somebody that I kind of looked up to, uh, funny story, well, it's not really funny, but he, he kind of saved my life one day. Uh, we were out at the beach down down in Dewey, yeah. or not Dewey, but uh, Bethany, surfing, mm. you know, hungry, got mm. some food, you know, went to McDonald's, got some chicken nuggets. We're driving down downtown Bethany, you know, and, yeah. and uh, I started choking. Uh-oh. Yeah. And some damn nuggets. We're in the convertible, and all these people are looking around. And he's pounding my back, pounding my back, and finally, you know, it came out. But that was scary. So he was somebody I looked up to, and and he was in the kitchen, and he was working, and you know, that's something I wanted to do. Yeah, you know what I mean. I always cooked at home. I come from a southern cooking family, you know. Uh, so I got into the kitchen, and and about the time I got into the kitchen, well. He was gone. Yeah. You know, so he had left. And uh, I spent about a good two weeks in the kitchen. And they told me, hey, you know, you're not good enough. <laughs> so they sent me to Grotto's in Rehoboth. Where was this kitchen now? I, I missed, where Where was this kitchen at? Long Neck. Long Neck. Yeah. Was it a di- Long Neck Diner? Uh, it's or was it a restaurant? Or do Grotto Pizza. Yeah. Oh, it was Grotto. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. said, Grotto said you weren't good enough. No. no. Oh, ain't that something. So they sent me to uh, Grotto's South. That's tough too, right? It is tough. It's tough. I, you know, we were talking earlier about winter and how crappy winter is. I mean, you know, I believe that you have to have crappy winter to appreciate amazing summer. Yeah. You know, it's it's important to be, you know, humbled. Yeah. Bro, you're not good enough. Yeah. And you can and, and you can pick two directions to go. Yeah. It sounds like you picked the right one. <laughs> so they sent me to another Grotto's. Okay. And uh, Rehoboth on the South Boardwalk. Papa John's. At the time, it was Papa John's. Hmm. 
And there actually was a guy who was Papa John. Yeah. Who lived above the the restaurant there. The actual Papa John the guy? The actual Papa John guy, yeah. Because he got himself in a bit of a jam, didn't he? Yeah. The dark-haired guy? Yeah. He used to live above in Rehoboth? Yeah. I did not know He'd that. He'd come down every day and get a... a just grill, blew my mind. Grilled cheese and some soup. Because he owned that property there. I did not know that. Yeah. That is very cool. Yeah. So it was called Papa John's Beach Bar. So did Papa John's originate in Rehoboth? I don't think it's the same Papa John's as you're thinking about, the pizza. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about pizza. <laughs> no, the guy's name was Papa John, though. Okay. I thought, isn't there a Papa John's pizza? Yeah, there is. Okay, that's yeah. what I was talking I'm sorry. No, I got confused. Yeah. <laughs> we were still on yeah, pizza. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. Now I'm not as ex- blown away. Because <laughs> I thought, yeah. oh, my God, did Papa John start in Rehoboth? And I did no, not know no, that. It was, he was called Papa John. That was what we called him. So was this down on the avenue? Yeah, uh, yeah South Boards. South Boards. My uncle had... Um, did you ever know Mike Arquino? Sounds familiar. Uncle Mike, he had the surf grill, Surfside Grill. Oh, okay. So it was him and my aunt. They had uh-huh. the last, basically, the last grill before you went into, mm-hmm. you know, Poodle Beach. Yeah. And it's gone now. And they had that, remember the putt-putt was above mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Yeah, that's all gone now. But, yeah, that was a yeah. it was a fun time back then, don't you think? Oh, it was a great time. It was a hustle. Yeah. Do you think it's like that anymore? No. Nah. No, nah, it's not. No. It's unfortunate. Yeah. So Papa John's. So you had, and, they, and they, that's where you started. That's where I, that's where I was sent off to, and uh, that summer I was awarded top ten performer for Grotas. Nice. So that I kind of, good. I kind of proved myself there, you know. And I got to meet Dominic, and we had a breakfast and everything, and all that stuff, and got a little award, you know. I had to feel good because I, I know even like, and we haven't quite heard all your story, but I know that there was a point, parts of my life where I didn't really feel like I was good at anything. Mm-hmm. And then to be kind of like recognized, mm. you're like, geez, you know, that feels good. I, w- I want to keep doing that. Yeah. Well, I went to a good high school. I went to Sussex Tech. Okay. And uh, I learned a lot there, you know. In the cooking field? Uh, we didn't have culinary. We, honestly, they didn't have culinary when I was there. This was in Georgetown. Right. Um, I first went there in 93, right after they got rid of the Vo Technical School. And then it became Sussex Tech and uh, went there in my first year there, you did an orientation. You picked uh, whatever kind of classes you wanted to pick, and you went through that all summer long. And then the next year, you would pick what you were going to major in. Right. And I wanted to do electronics, but I was never good at it. Right. So <clears throat> they looked at my grades and everything else I did, and, and my dad said, well, you were good at carpentry, mill, and cabinet, so you, you do that. You know. So I did that for the rest of... Uh, did you love doing that? I did. Yeah. 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 It was great, you know. You got to love it. 11th grade, we built a house, you know. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, did you do it like with Habitat for Humanity? Yeah, or yeah, just... where we donated it, yeah. Nice. Yeah. We built it right there behind the school, you know. And uh, my senior year, I had to do a, you know, like a thesis. Okay. And uh, I built a... Here, pull the microphone a little bit closer. That's why we have the headphones. So can you... So you yeah. Okay, make sure there, there you go. Yeah. Now. So uh, my senior year, I had to do kind of a thesis, so I... I built a uh, a little playground for the daycare there. Nice. And that was really a tough challenge because I had to get a grant. I had to get the money for it, you know, uh, order the supplies, build it, do a presentation in front of family and, and you know, teachers and whatnot. That was, that was a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. A grant. Jesus. Yeah. You had to go like, through all that, yeah. It's like writing and stuff yeah. and typing. And you got it. And I you did, did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 
So I learned a lot, you know. That's awesome. At that school. So that was in high school. That was in high school. It's a pretty big responsibility for a, a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid. Yeah. Hats off to you. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, so during high school, uh, I was in the Civil Air Patrol. So Civil Air Patrol. Civil Air Patrol. Uh, I don't even know what that is. It's all around the, the country, but it was, it kind of started during World War II in this area. Civilians would fly, fly around in, in planes looking for German U-boats and stuff. Okay. Uh, now it's more like a search and rescue kind of thing. All right. If an airplane crashes, then we're trained to go, you know, find it. Is right. that federally funded? I'm not really sure. It's it's kind of like a paramilitary. Okay. Kind of like underneath the Air Force, you know? Okay. And uh, I did that for five years, you know, got to fly airplanes. Do you have uh, your pilot's license? No, no. I did four flights, <clears throat> um, excuse me, and I was one flight away from my solo flight, but I never got there. So Nice. Yeah. I've always wanted to get my pilot's license. In fact, I started I started the process. It's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a huge commitment. And then I was like, I don't know. Do I want a plane because of my ego mm-hmm. or I really need to fly somewhere? Yeah. And I, I had to, for me, it was more about ego. But then when I, you know, it's not easy. It'll challenge every bit of your brain mm-hmm. trying to understand that. I did a, a course in drone to get my drone mm-hmm. pilot's license and failed. Yeah. I got a 68 out of 70. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, geez, so. I'm glad I didn't try to be an airplane air, a pilot. So so keep going. I'm sorry. So I, I, I did this little air patrol thing. My, my father joined with me. He was a senior member. Um, we got to go all around, you know the country, uh, flying in C-130s and, you know, just going to, like, boot camps and stuff, you know. It was fun. Did that for five years. My dad my dad was the first person to go to the Air Force Academy from Delaware. Wow. First graduating class, class of 59. Yeah. And he became, he retired colonel, but he was a C-130 pilot. Wow. In Vietnam, and it was a cool plane back then. I got to go to Fort Bennett. Where they have the uh, paratrooper training courses, yeah. where they kind of hook you up to the parachute and they take you up and drop you down. You know, did you get to do that? No, I didn't get to do that. I got to go on the uh, the course there, though. Nice the course, yeah. So, how did that all lead into becoming the head chef at the Fibos? Well, while you know, I was doing all those things um, after. You know, doing the Sawyer Patrol, I was looking for more, you know, and I joined a fire company. Rehoboth? Uh, Millsboro. Okay. Uh, did that. My father joined with me, went to fire school, did all that. Did that for 15 years. Are you still a volunteer fireman? No. Uh, I kind of gave it up. Gave it up like around 2015. Did you, I don't know if, <clears throat> I just did a podcast on Monday with a guy by the name of Ryan Peters. He owns Rise Gym, but he's a volunteer fire department. I always say that. Volunteer fireman for Rehoboth. Mm. And one of the conversation, part of the conversation that we had was that, you know, there's a real, the, the number of volunteers is very low right now. It's, it's terrible right now, yeah. And um, I was actually thinking, because I have, you met my one son, Sam, but I have another son, David, who's 13. And I thought, well, maybe you might, maybe you can join the junior yeah, volunteer that's a great, firefighter. Yeah, great program. Yeah, and just to kind of, you know, I've, and you mentioned civil, um, civil air, air, patrol. air patrol. You know, I do. I think it wouldn't hurt this country or our kids if they did a couple years of some civil duty, no. giving back, 
Because I tell you, it's so hard raising. Do you have any kids? No, I don't. No. It's tough raising kids because there's so much out there now. Mm. And you, you know, I feel, I find myself as a pretty strong parent, but you know, I give them everything. Mm. I mean, they're spoiled. I don't know how not to. Mm-hmm. And you know, I need someone to fix all that, <laughs> yeah. like the government. Take my kid and beat the snot out of him for the next two years and yeah. bring him back as a man. It's tough. So after Grotto's, I spent about five years there, and uh, I went to go work at a nursing home in Knowlesboro, which is very interesting. <laughs> um, so I applied there for the chef position, and I think it was my first day there. I was training with a chef, and... Uh, Went into the freezer to grab one of those long sheet trays, you know, with wheels and, mm-hmm. and dropped a couple of trays of chicken tenders. <laughs> mm. And by the end of that day, that chef quit. <laughs> he did? She did, yeah. I mean, she, she was did. out the door anyway, but I guess I just drove her off the cliff. I don't know. <laughs> that, so, that just was too much. She had to too go. Too much. So uh, after that, they made me the uh, cook's assistant. So I did that for a while and... Uh, you're making ground foods and puree foods, you know, for yeah. for certain people, and that's a tough job because you got to be careful what you're doing. Yeah, people have different dietary know, restrictions. Yeah, restrictions, and uh, so one day, you know, we had this this huge snowstorm, and uh, I got there thanks to my parents, and uh, the chef never made it. So lo and behold, here I am. And uh, I jumped in, and, and I did breakfast, and I did lunch, and from that day on, they made me the chef there. And what happened to the other guy? Uh, he was your assistant? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So uh, I did that for a couple of years, and in 2000, that's when I went to go work for Lisa DeFebo. She's Bethany. a great lady. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a tough job, too. Um, when I went to go work for Lisa, I didn't even know how to, like, flip a saute pan, you know? Yeah. Um, I'd only really worked at Grotto's and the nursing home. So you could spin a dough. Yeah, I could spin a dough. I learned how to do that. But and, not, uh, not flip a saute nah. pan. So I spent about a good year there working with Lisa. Um, and it was a great opportunity for me working, working with her husband, Jeff. And, and, and you, that's a different level. It is. There, you know, <clears throat> and we've talked about, you know, my friendship with Matt. Were you friends with Matt? Did you ever work with I had Matt? The, I had the honor to work with Matt Haley. I yeah. Did. He's tough. You know, it's funny. I, I always, you know, I only have great stories about Matt. But I, you know, I'll run into people that are like, you know, not all the stories were great about Matt. He was, he could be pretty, you know, and I don't want to disrespect him, but, you know, he could be an asshole and he was tough. But I do believe that um, I'm sure that you probably grew from his of course. negative I mean, experiences. I still, there's still things he taught me that I will never forget that are in my head, drilled, you know. And that's a huge gift. I mean, I know I think that would probably be great news to him. Yeah. So, I mean, so, but the point was they're at a different level. You know, yeah. they don't, you know, he's got the FIBO, they've got a lot on the line. Mm-hmm. Matt had a lot on the line and they still, you know, that Sodell group still has a lot on the line. They can't, you know, they can't screw it up. No. And I, I will say I've eaten at the FIBOs. It was amazing. Delicious. Yeah. It was like 15 layer lasagna or yeah. some sort of good, uh, it was some amazing, cheesy, yeah. delicious. Yeah. Chunk of happiness. Yeah. I don't know if you made it, but if you were involved, good job. <laughs> <laughs> so my first year there, I worked with Jeff and Lisa and some amazing chefs there. Um, and, I, you know, once 9-11 hit, the economy kind of took a you know spiral, and uh, I was let go. And 
I went off my own separate way. And you got let go from DeFebos? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, so... They just put you on, uh, they just put you up on the shelf for a while. <laughs> yeah, right. You so, never let uh, go completely. Yeah, so I went off my own separate way. I think I worked at Ruby Tuesdays for a little while, and uh, I wanted to get into the kitchen there, and they made me, you know, a busboy and... and Salad bar tender. <laughs> oh, at, at, at at Ruby Tuesday. Ruby Tuesday. Yeah, and that was just terrible. Manning the salad bar. Yeah. So, um, and then I went to go work for a guy in Millsboro uh, who had a restaurant there, Marconi's, Italian restaurant. Nice. And uh, ended up going to work back for Lisa uh, in two thousand four. Did you approach her? Or did she approach you? Actually, to be honest with you, I, I heard that she was going to be opening up another restaurant, and uh, I went down there to, to Bethany and uh, sat at the bar, and, and Jeff was sitting next to me, her husband. He goes, hey, you know how to make pizza? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. And he's like, all right, well, we're going to be opening up a place right across the street, a pizzeria. Oh, that they, owned, they opened they a did, pizzeria? They had a pizzeria there. It was I called, didn't know it that. It was called Isabella's, named after Lisa's daughter, Jeff and Lisa's daughter. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So... Uh, I spent about a year there making pizzas and whatnot, and then I went off to go work for, for Big Fish Grill in Rehoboth. It's funny. The guy just did the podcast with Brian. He's he's running their charitable foundation. Mm-hmm. Do you know Brian, man? No, I don't think so. Yeah, doesn't matter, but it's just funny. It, <clears throat> it's a reminder, and that's actually why I started this podcast, because, you know, the really I, the idea was, you know, small businesses, helping other small businesses, but it's almost like every story... You know, you know, I could do this podcast and then run into you at Wawa and then mm-hmm. see you tonight at the bo- at the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, it's we're all intertwined. I mean, you almost have to be on your best behavior. Mm-hmm. Not that you wouldn't be, but right. you know, you, you know, you have to live that positive lifestyle because you never know when you're going to come back in touch with like a Lisa or mm-hmm. uh, another Grottos uh, yeah. or or Big Fish. You don't know. You don't know. Uh. So it's you know that's not it's, it says a lot about you if you're you're able to kind of weave your way through this town. Yeah. And still, still get back, yeah. <laughs> and not stink like burnt yeah. bridge. So I, I worked for Big Fish Grill, and I did that for about five years. Um, I was at Summer House for a while, and then I did the commissary delivery, which they had a commissary there on the premise in Rehoboth and a Big Fish. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it like a deli kind of thing? You can actually they have a deli there, but then they have a garage in the back. It's where Dominic used to keep his Cadillac. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. They purchased that. And uh, so that that's they do wholesale too, yeah. Out of there, and uh, so that's where they would make all our sauces and all the food and everything. And then I would deliver it to Summer House. I did nice. that for about a year or two. Yeah. Man, you've been around. Yeah, you've seen some stuff. How old yeah. are you? Uh forty. Forty. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So now you're back at Tefibos in Rehoboth. Yeah. And then how many years have you been there? Uh, about a good year now. And what in the the way that I met you, because I follow your chef's table. Is that what it's called? Chef's house. Chef's house. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Chef's house on Facebook. Yeah. And that's I mean that's awesome. Yeah, I started that about five years ago. I think it was by myself. And you know, I was. <clears throat> I have, um, you know, my my parents and stuff are members of a of a club, and I'm gonna just keep everything anonymous, but. You know, they struggle with chefs over there. And for me, 
you know, I feel like, you know, they'll fire a chef over there like at a drop of a hat. And I don't really feel like they allow, and I feel like we're kind of in a time now where people like creating value for themselves. You know, I had, I had made a social app. I thought it would be a great app for a country club or something like that. A real, the ability to really, you know, post, like it was broken into groups. One of the groups could have been for the chef. The chef could have literally, you know, talked about where he got the food for the day, how he's pairing it with wine. If we're, if we got local produce or whatever, you know, just put little pictures out there as fast as he wants. For one, I think it's, it's, it's great because it allows uh, the customer or the member to see, you know, to be, oh, this guy's got something going on. But I think it also allows a chef to create value in themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, have, if you don't have any value, not your situation, but the situation that goes on over there, they just, you know, the chef gets tossed. And we live in a time now, it's really about creating value. And I, when you post stuff like that, I mean, I think it creates value right. for you as a guy and also just as a chef in a local town mm-hmm. and you're doing well at it. Yeah. It's, it's tough, but you're doing great. What? 4.5 K members in that group. Yeah. So that's not bad. It's funny because I've, I've worked at a couple of jobs and, and I've walked into the kitchen on my first day and they're like, Hey, I know you're that chef's house guy, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's, I mean, th- you know, when you're doing great stuff and people see it and not, you know, like if you got fired, they'd be like, Oh, what happened to Brian? Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean, that's, I, I feel like that's the direction. I mean, especially like a, and, you know, I, hairdressing, kitchens, you know, it's almost like that. I remember when I was a, a punk kid and my mom goes, because I was really headed nowhere. And she goes, have you thought about being a hairdresser? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, is that the, is that the job you get when you basically can't mm-hmm. pull your head out of your ass? <laughs> I'm a hairdresser. And yeah. I was like, I'm not going to be a hairdresser. Blah, blah. You know, 20, 30 years later, I'm a hairdresser. Yeah. But in this business, I have to create value. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be posting pictures of haircuts. You mm-hmm. have to be involved. You have to put that out there. People have to know. Um, unfortunately and fortunately, I mean, if you're not doing that, we're not creating value for ourselves in that world. Right, yeah. You know, I mean, is that why you started doing it? Or did you just, like, take pictures of your food? I In 2013, I was working uh, at a hotel in Ocean City, and... For some reason, I just started getting this passion for taking pictures of food. And one of my friends on Facebook uh, invited me to one of his groups, you know, one of the chef groups. And uh, so I just started joining all these other groups, and some of these chefs were just rude. You know, you would... It's called called arrogant. Yeah, yeah, very arrogant. And you would post pictures, and they would just down you and, and everything else. So I wanted to create an environment where... It creates less value. Yeah, I wanted to create an environment <laughs> for where... For them, not for you. Yeah, I just wanted to create an environment where you could feel comfortable. Yeah. And people not, you know, look down at you because... And that, everybody's still learning, you know. Absolutely. So that's why I created my group, Chef's House, you know. Do you find that happening on there? Do people... Are people critical? No. If so, I tell you what, I love taking pictures. I love taking pictures of food. I just I t- do too. I yeah. took... Uh, we made ribeyes last night. I love just, I think food's beautiful. It I is. mean, I took pictures of raw food. I love, mm-hmm. you know, marbling in those mm-hmm. ribeyes from Fresh Market. They're just amazing. Yeah. Um, I love the, the way an avocado looks cut in half. You know, I can't, I'm not a chef. You know, all I can make is a little guacamole, and it's pretty ugly, but I like it. And I, But I love the way food looks, and I like, um, I like taking pictures. And people say, why do you take pictures of your food? Why don't you not worry about it? I like it. You know, and... and 
it's getting a little weird out there too. It's all right because you're a chef. You should take pictures of food. But, you know, when a guy like me, you know, 20, 10 years ago, you maybe would see a lot of people taking pictures of food and then people get critical. Mm. So now nobody likes to take pictures of food, but I still, I still do because I think it's an art and I love it. Yeah. And uh, my hat's off to you because that's, it's pretty awesome, especially that many people digging yeah. it as well. Yeah. And if you're creating a positive environment, you know, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, probably in my early thirties, um, when I was working for Matt Healy, I was, I originally started working for Matt in 2009. Um, I was at Betty's. You remember Betty's? Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I was working at Betty's. Okay. Then I'll ask you the question. <clears throat> we used to go there and they, and there was this amazing stack parm. No, what was it? Um, eggplants. It was a stacked eggplant parm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think it was so. like three medallions, but they were breaded. Yeah. And they were stacked and cheese dripping all over them with sauce mm-hmm. and phenomenal. I don't even eat eggplant. Mm-hmm. And I would get that. <clears throat> one time, and then one time I went there and it, the breading was gone. And I was like, what? What happened to the breading? And it just, for some reason, there was a decision to be made that the breading went away. And hmm. do you know anything about no, this breading no. uh, caper? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. That restaurant was a lot. Did you remember it was Pasta Bowl? And I remember it being Adriatico, right? It was Adriatico. Well, I think initially, I think Townsend had opened it up. That, that restaurant was so beautiful inside. The wood, the bar was just mm-hmm. amazing. And... Um, that's when it was the pasta bowl, and then Matt got it. And, you know, it's funny. I had this, when I opened the salon, I had this giant glass case that was, like, for T-shirts and junk, mm-hmm. and it was over here on this other side of the salon. And I'm like, oh, what the hell am I going to do with this thing? And Matt's like, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. He came with the truck. They hauled that thing over there, and it was the front counter at uh, Betty's. Mm-hmm. Um, and he put all the shirts and yeah. stuff in it. So, um I love that restaurant. I don't know. I think it just turned into like more of an old, older age. Mm-hmm. It turned into Betty Crocker. Basically, I want to say the same thing. But yeah, I didn't want to say like, it. Didn't have the. It didn't have the. It was Betty Crocker cooking, like kind of. You know. It was good. It was very good. I remember when we went there the first time, and he was giving it. Uh, he would the, for for the, for a while. He was doing those pretzel rolls oh, for free. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, can we get another bag of those pretzel yeah. rolls? And then they started charging for them because yeah. they were so good. So, so you were there. Yeah, I was there. And uh, Matt Haley called me on the phone one day, and he said he needed somebody at Catch 54 in Fenwick. And he's like, well, there's only three people that can do the job, and you're one of them. So I was like, okay, I'll go down there. I had to feel pretty good. Yeah, it was awesome for him to you know call me on the phone himself. Yeah. So I went down there, and I spent the whole summer down there. Was that pre or post-fire? That was pre. Pre-fire. I was there the year before that. And then uh, I was actually currently working there, not the, not the actual night that it was on fire, but I was working there at that time. Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, but around that time, um, I kind of got feeling really bad. I was drinking a lot of Red Bull. <laughs> okay. And went to the doctor and couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, you know, and had a cat scan and and they found out that the pituitary gland in your behind your brain you know the third eye the third eye there yeah. you go that that was pretty much empty of 
Pituitary? I don't pituitary, know. Pituitary, yeah. Wow. The glands. All okay. Your, all your glands that, that are in there. Um, Is that from Red Bull? No, that actually, because um, when I was five years old, I had seizures. Wow. So from five to 13, I had seizures. And I was in the hospital most of my childhood. You know? Like like a violent seizure or like? Uh, I had a grandma seizure once. Okay. I think it might have lasted an hour. That was pretty rough. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's a big seizure. Yeah. That's a, that uh, could kill you. Yeah. I There's probably a couple of times where I shouldn't be here, you know, but. Here you are. Uh, so. Ain't that no grandma seizure take me? <laughs> hey, no grandma seizure. <laughs> hey. Keep yeah. It, come, on, come on, Granny. <laughs> yeah. Back up, Granny. So. It was interesting to find out that, you know, that pituitary gland was empty and no, I had, so I had no male hormone or a low male hormone, uh, which they gave me testosterone for, uh, found out that I had thyroid disease, which is controllable. It's nothing serious, you know? Right. Um, and Addison's disease. That's what it's called? No, why, that Addison's disease would be like your adrenal glands. Okay. Which they don't really react. So when I drank that Red Bull, that stimulates that gland, and that gland doesn't work, so it was making it work harder, you know what I mean? Right. And I actually went to John Hopkins, and, and they did some studies on me, and they did a study on my adrenal gland and found out that it was like flatlined, you know? Right. But they couldn't figure out anything else. Huh. They were kind of blown away by how... I went my whole life not knowing this. You yeah. Know, you know, as a firefighter, working in the fast-paced kitchens all these years, you know. Well, sometimes, you know, you just get used to it. Yeah. It so, becomes the normal. Yeah. Um, so there was no fixing? Uh, just they gave me testosterone and a thyroid medicine and uh, a steroid for my adrenal glands. So I've been doing great ever since then. Do you still drink a lot of Red Bull? I don't drink Red Bull anymore. No. Yeah. I cannot believe... I I don't think that stuff's good for you. No. I don't know why. I don't know anything about it, but these, you know, I see, the, you know, these big monster drinks. and I mean, it's just... It can't be good. No. I mean, even if even if it's not hurting you, it's got to be affecting, you know, how you handle when you're not on it. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be like an addiction. I've never, for some reason, I never, I've never been into those drinks. Thank gosh. So... I never went to college. I never went to culinary school. I just, you know, started out as a dishwasher and worked my way up. Oh, you went to college. <laughs> with you went to fucking the, college of hard knocks is what yeah, you went hard to. Knocks, yeah. Yeah, you, and I tell you what, it's when you have children like I do, and you, and especially my son David, when he's, you know, college is going to be in the next few years for him, mm-hmm. you know, do you really want to go to college or do you really want to learn, like, something that you're passionate about? And, you know, Lisa went to CIA in New York City, so that was... You know, I got to learn from her. Yeah, yeah, she's great. And Jeff, yeah, Jeff's great too. Yeah. Me and Matt used to go over to because they have that pottery place. I think don't they have um, don't they have the pottery place down in Bethany or um, in Fenwick? I think is that I her? think that's Kim and Lisa or yeah, Kim and Jeff. Yeah, yeah, Jeff. What I forget, I think it's Jeff. But yeah. Matt used to meet, Matt and I would go over there and sit at that little coffee bar and just chat mm-hmm. with Jeff, and he was a great guy. Mm-hmm. I still see him. I, yeah. s- I see him all, yeah, every once in a while. Yeah. Um, I see Michelle every once in a while as well. Mm-hmm. Once a year, I try to catch up with her. She, do you know Michelle? I do. Yeah, yeah. she's so, she's very cool. Yeah, she's funny. So you got so the so now 
Did I skip? Are you? Did we get to the head? We chef? were talking about Matt Haley. Oh, we were. Yeah. Well, we don't have to talk about okay, him. I'm fine, sorry. Right? I was just. Uh, yeah, I worked for him for about two and a half years, and then. So you uh, got sick, and you had to go through all that, and then you finally come out on the other side. Were you like a new lease on life, or were you just like? That was just another thing I had to go through. No, it was. It was. It was kind of like a new lease on life. You yeah. Know? I started growing facial hair and everything, you know. Oh, you couldn't before? No, I never had any before, no. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. You got a new mustache. Yeah. Hey, yeah. now. Yeah. So, the, you know, it's controlled, and I feel great now, you know. So, But not knowing it for all those years is just crazy, you know. It is weird. You know, and you're 40, I'm 50. It's like my body hurts. Yeah. You know, it's just, you. Did, it's tough. It's tough getting older. So after I left working for Sodell, I went off to, to Ocean City to work in a big hotel. So how did you did you just just moved on? Uh, I was I wasn't happy at the time. Um, it's a big company. They, you know, I just I felt like I couldn't be myself. You know. Yeah, I, I get just, that. You know, I was just a fry guy. You know. Right. But. Uh, so I, I, my last, my last place working with them was down in Lupo in Rehoboth. How'd you like that place? It's very small. The kitchen? The kitchen's small. Uh, everything's downstairs in the parking garage. I, um, you know. Between you and me, I hated that restaurant. Yeah. I thought that was a weird, yeah. weird, pe- I thought the, the, and I'm not negative, I, you know, the, the food's delicious. Yeah. But it had a weird, um cadence to the mm-hmm. food like mm-hmm. it, I couldn't you know food has a rhythm for me you know it's if I'm eating three meals it's usually kind of a ritual it's more like a salad meal and dessert mm-hmm. um, I had trouble finding my rhythm when I ate there the food was great one thing about Matt he always used to kind of you know go out there a little bit you know I remember the tripe tacos at uh, Papa a, Grande's he's, <laughs> was, a, he's another guy that, that didn't go to school no he you know well, you know, if you ever hear a story, you know, he the the kitchen or the the restaurant industry was the only industry that would love him until he learned to love himself. You know, and that was what why it worked for him. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz he was like, you know, I I don't know your whole story, but his story had a little more, you know, drinking and yeah, some drugging yeah, and yeah. he always say he got uh he had his um come to Jesus through a SWAT team. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, cuz he was barricaded in his house and mm-hmm. I don't know the exact story, and I don't want to mess it up. But yeah. for the most part, it was like it's time to get it's time to get better. Yeah. And uh, the kitchen or the restaurant industry was the only re- re- industry that would take him. I think he was up north, in fact, up in Wilmington, right, or somewhere up there. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure exactly where he went, but it's a great story. I wish he was here. Damn it! Oh, no. <laughs> I really do. I miss him. Um, I like his story when he when he um, received the James Beard Award. Yeah, that was. Uh, he had a good good year. I mean, even though that was the year he tragically died, I believe, right? Yep. Well, and I remember he called me over, and I went over to his house, and he's like, let's go for a walk. And we went for a walk, and we're just walking. He goes, you know, sometimes I just worry they're going to figure out I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> but that's 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 serious. I mean, that's like, you know... That's how sometimes, that's how I think, you know, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to get good at this. Or I'm, you know, they're going to figure, I mean, in the hair business, I'm like, I wonder if they're going to ever figure out, like, I don't know how to cut hair. Mm-hmm. You know, of course I know how to cut hair. I've been doing it for 10 years now, but I'm always fearful. And he was the same way. And he was like, you know, I just afraid they're going to figure out, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. 
But, you know, even, even Matt Haley, you know, had second thoughts and fears. Um, I think that's, you know, I always say that's when the miracle happens. You know, if you can work through that fear, that's yeah. where we grow. Yeah. I try to be very humble in this business. Yeah. For a, for a, an arrogant business, for an arrogant it's business, tough. and you, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of other chefs around, and you know, do you? Yeah, you got to. Well, and, and I, you know, I personally think, oh, the most important thing about food is you know the taste. Of course, I would think that's important in the presentation, but, um, you know, if you're taking forever to present the food, or you know, people are having to wait or you don't have it organized behind the scenes, you know, you almost do more damage. Not you, but yeah. you can do more damage than, you know, serving out delicious food. Um, I've We've had several restaurants open and close next to me. One, um, the big restaurant was like Pilot Town, and Kendall was there, but, they, you know, they, they moved on. Mm-hmm. But then there was a little restaurant, and I remember they've all struggled. And I told Matt, I go, they should do breakfast. I've got it figured out. They should do breakfast. They should do break, you know, breakfast sandwiches, stand out on the corner, cut them all in half, give everybody that drives by a half a sandwich and a cup of coffee, shake their hand. And he goes, do you know anything about cooking? I go, um, no. And he goes, you should shut the fuck up. <laughs> I go, oh, okay. Because he goes, breakfast is almost the hardest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in my mind, it you is. make a giant pile of, of bacon. Well, I got the bacon covered. But, you know, if you get that last greasy, nasty piece of bacon, you might have just lost a client. So, talking about breakfast, um, 2017, um, I came back to work for Lisa. And at the time, I was working in Ocean City at a restaurant called Key West hmm. down there. And uh, I I worked with her earlier in that year um, in Rehoboth. I was only there for about a couple weeks, and it was slow, and she didn't have anything for me. So, I went back to my job at Key West, but... She kept bugging me, bugging me, bugging me. I need your help. I need your help. And I said, I can't really do anything right now. This is what I'm making here at nighttime. And she said, well, come on and help me in the morning. So I went to go work with her and Bethany cooking breakfast and lunch. And you're talking about hard. <laughs> she probably wanted to fire me about three times <laughs> that, that summer. But she couldn't because she needed you. Well, uh, I got through it. Yeah. Um, one day I probably did about 90 covers by myself. What's hard about breakfast? Execution, you know, the eggs have to be perfect, the bacon and everything, you know. You just can't let it set in your cold. You can't, no. And it doesn't do well, like under a, what do they call that? The like heat heater, lamp, yeah. The, the iguana or what does the that heat, heat lamp? I don't know. We just call it the heat lamp in the kitchen. Isn't there a better name for the heat lamp? <laughs> I thought it was called like the iguana or something. I thought it had a cool yeah. name. All right, heat lamp. We'll iguana go with that. works. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> we can start something new. Iguana. <laughs> My iguana broke down. <laughs> Yeah, so that I, I would imagine that would be the hard part is, you know, just keeping it all delicious. Yeah. And for her, it has to be, you know, perfect the right way, you know. Right. So I did that 2017. I did that all summer long. And it was tough, you know. I'm sure she probably wanted to get rid of me a couple of times. And uh, like I said, one day I did 90 covers by myself, 90 people, you know. And that was pretty much, you know, my seal right there. Your, your cape. Yeah, my cape. And uh, once summer was over with, uh, I went off to Berlin where they opened up their restaurant. What restaurant? Uh, DeFibos. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah they, How uh, many DeFibos are there? There are three right now. Berlin, Rehoboth. Bethany, and Rehoboth. Yeah, yeah. 
Wow. It's yeah. awesome. And so you went down there to help him start that one? I went down there to help him start that one. And um, Now, where were you living at the time? Because, you're, you know, you are... You're all over the place. I mean, is this one of those like? Do you, are you driving to Berlin every day, or yeah? From do you move to Berlin, or just drive? Just drive. Yeah, I was in Berlin and uh, helping out them get ready and opening night. I severely got burnt bad, right here, my whole wrist, oh, all the way around. Yeah, it was terrible. How? How? I, I was just showing, uh, you know, one of the other guys how to cook, and uh, he was, you know, trying to sear some salmon, mm-hmm. and basically he was poaching it in oil. And I'm like, well, you got to get rid of some of that oil because you just want to sear it, you know. And he went to go dump it on top of one of the pans. And I'm, you know, doing my thing. And when I go grab the pan, I flip it like that, and all that hot grease just went down my whole forearm, you know. Wow. It was bad to the, point, to the point where I almost needed a skin graft. But wow. I, ne- I never skipped a beat, though. Just kept working. I never skipped working, no. I worked right through it. That is bad. Yeah. And uh, so one day I was there working in the daytime and uh one of the executive chef there was working and and lisa walked in the door and she saw him and she said well you need to you need to do this faster quicker you know because <laughs> she's all about time time is money you know right so he throws his hands up in the air and he goes well i didn't sign up for this lisa walks into the walk-in he walks in behind her and that was it you were now the head chef well, I wasn't actually—I wasn't exactly the head chef, but I took over the daytime operations. So I would go in every morning. I would do all the prep and cook all the lunch. Wow! So the nighttime would have their their prepared, you know, meals and everything ready. Do you prefer mornings, or do you prefer because you know? I mean, if you're in the indus- restaurant industry and you work at night, you're up late. Yeah, it's like there's a whole lifestyle. Change or if you're, if, in that if you're working and you're up late and then you sleep <laughs> through the day, you know. Right. That's tough. Uh, it was nice. When I was in Berlin, I'd work in the morning and I'd get off in the afternoon and you got the rest of the evening to do whatever you want. You know, it was nice. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I, I'm, I'm an early bird. I like being up early. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't function well at night as far as like working. Yeah. Um, so the, the, so that was in Berlin. Mm-hmm. So how do you end up down in Rehoboth? Well... Actually, one of the chefs in Rehoboth was leaving and literally took almost the whole kitchen staff with him. (laughs) So here I am going. I live in Millsboro. Here I am going to Berlin in the morning, working until about 3 o'clock, and then driving all the way to Rehoboth and then working there, you know, through the night. That's crazy. I did that for a couple months. Well, you know, what's really happened is you've basically done the work. Yeah. I mean, it's a... It's a lot to do all that. Yeah. I, I, I should have had, I'm cl- you clearly don't have kids. No. Because if I, I'd be in a lot of, kids Kids settle you down a bit. Do you want to ever have kids? Do you want to have a family? Well, I was married um, for almost five years. Mm-hmm. I never had kids. Tried, never. but never did. You know? Yeah. So. I, I mean, like I said, I'm 50 and I have a six, a seven, and a 13. I should be like... 40 with that those kids <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. i definitely got a late start yeah um i might have a late start too who knows so what do you, do you help do you so i i was this is always a question i have how do you decide the menu for the day or do you is it kind of set well do you get to do you have any i basically input on that i basically have free range over what i want to do mm-hmm. um we have our actual set dinner menu but right. every night we have specials yep 
So I usually come up with those uh, on my own, and then I run it past, you know, my higher-up chef and Jeff or Lisa. And one thing that's really cool was every Monday we have Monday Madness uh, on the off-season. Have you heard about that? I haven't. No. So <coughs> we have Mon- we have our weekly specials in the off-season, you know, kind of bringing the locals. So does the off-season end in, like, Memorial Day weekend? Yeah, yeah, right, okay. before, right before that. So Monday Madness is – $21, you get a choice of beer or wine, you get soup, salad, there's usually three or four entrees and a dessert. Wow. And that's really fun because I come up with that menu every Monday. Sounds good. I make, I make my own desserts too. Do you? Yeah. Is it like Italian desserts or just uh, anything? Sometimes it's Italian desserts. What would be, uh, what's, an, what's, a, what's your favorite Italian dessert? Uh, you, you can't go wrong with a tiramisu though. Mm. Yeah. What's the one that has the layers? Like, um, you know, it's like the thin, almost like that that Greek kind of filament, you know, whatever that. Oh, uh, yeah, I never talked about that. What's that thing called? I can't called? think of the name of it. Oh, my God. We we get it. Friday nights is like we call it steak night. So mm-hmm. I usually get steaks on Friday, and then we buy this amazing dessert from Fresh Market. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name, though. I'm glad I don't remember the name because I don't <laughs> want anybody else buying it. Because right. it's, it's rarely there, actually. Yeah. I don't want to make it any more popular. Yeah. So that's so it sounds like they give you kind of like well you've earned it yeah I mean you you just don't become they don't give you free reign on certain things if you yeah. haven't earned it no I, and I almost wonder you know it sounds like your story and I love the story it's almost you know what I find what I hear mostly in the story isn't as much about the cooking it's about your commitment your availability mm-hmm. um, being loyal you know being loyal and when sometimes we're not always treated loyally no you know it's um, because you can get, not you, but people can get a resentment over mm. certain things, you know. I mean, I've been fired before and or let go or whatever you want to call it. And um, I've had clients that, that have left me. Um, and it's easy for me to go, you know, screw them. But you never know when that opportunity is going to come back. And like you used the word humble. Yeah. And it's funny. People say, well, you can't talk about being humble. No, but you can talk about how humility works in your life. You know, if you live that life of self, that, you know, F you attitude, fine, it's a miserable existence. If you live that, that life of, you know, humble, how can I help? Mm-hmm. Let me put my hand out. You know, that's a better lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's an easier, softer way. And that's that's kind of recovery talk. But it's it makes sense in the real world, too, because um, I've lived both in a much happier, the easier, softer way. I, I owe a lot to my father, too, man, because... Uh... <laughs> My first interview with Grotto's didn't go too well because no. I had no idea what I was doing. Right. You know, um, I wasn't using the proper words, if you know what I mean. Well, I mean, yeah, but, I, you know, it is Grotto's. I mean, you're just <laughs> trying to learn. It's like, uh, <clears throat> you know, I was kind of swearing here and there, you know. Oh. Yeah. You were a little rough. A little rough there around the edges, yeah. You need a little polishing. Yeah. So, yeah, that I actually went to Bethany. My first interview, when I first started with Grotto's, and that interview didn't go so well, you know, because I didn't know what I was doing. No. I was a young kid, you know. I'm yeah, you know, I'm swearing this and there, you know. And, and my dad, he polished me up. That's what dads are for, you know. He he taught me how to be a man, and and he I went back. I actually went to the Grotto's in Long Neck and and had my interview there, and they went well. How much did he have to teach you, or how much was he an example? 
Well, he was a teacher, so that's what he did. You know. But I mean, he said he said oh, my father had to teach me. I mean, I would imagine your father was probably a pretty decent guy. Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. I mean, do you think that was it him being an example to you, or did he have to say, "Listen, Brian, I'm going to have to teach you this"? Um, mm. I mean. More of an example. I example, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, as a father, it's I always tell my kids, I'm, I'm not your father, I'm your guide. <laughs> you know, I'm just, because, you know, I'm just a kid that's just grown up. So my first ever job was working with my father at Velasic in Millsboro. Yep. Is that still even there? No. Damn. No. Pickle plant. Yeah, pickle plant. That's when, That was my first job. How was that job? It was rough. I bet. Uh, I spent two summers there. My first summer, I would uh, catch the the pickles. Uh, like above me, they would take the whole cucumber, yeah. and they would throw it through the spear, and I would catch it, and I would roll it down to the girls, and then they would be packing it. You know? Wow. And sometimes if, if they were getting ready to leave and you threw down pickles, they'd get mad at you because they want to leave. You know, and <laughs> It was rough. Pol- politics. Yeah, there. it was rough. But you did that for two years. Yeah, my second year, I was working in grading and... Uh, there was like a conveyor belt in front of me, and I would have to sort out the good pickles and the bad pickles. And wow, it was so hot out there that I would like kind of lean my elbows against the you know table there. Uh-huh. And well, eventually I got fired for that because it was so hot. And I would, I mean, I, I saw elderly elderly ladies get just hauled out of there because they would faint. You know. Yeah, but you know, there's also sometimes people. I mean, I don't know the situation, but. Sometimes people fire you just because they know that you're you're meant for better. So, I don't know if that was the case, but knock on wood, that was the first time I ever was fired, and ever since then, you know, I, my first job I ever had was at Arby's, mm-hmm. and I loved that job. In fact, um, I was 15, and it was the first it was the first year I could work. I mean, I li- I wanted to work. I liked money, and um, my boss, you know, in that same old funny story, you know, he's like, you know, I want you to mop this way. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I could mop this way. It would be better. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really about what I thought. It was following directions. Mm-hmm. And that was a big learn, light, lesson learning experience. Learning experience. Yes. It, <laughs> a life lesson experience. Life lesson. <laughs> um, but I would later go back and, and I would ref- I think about that all the time. Yeah. And I'm fi- So that was 35 years ago. I think about that one lesson early you know, it's yeah, great to yeah. have a, a good example in your life. And you kind of go by that, you know? Yeah. And I uh, and I didn't stick with that field. You but. know, my dad was one of the managers there, and there was nothing he could do about it, you know? Sorry, son. Yeah. It's time to get your own job. <laughs> time to go. Well, I think the, you know, uh, there is a level of arrogance in, in, in the restaurant business, and... I wonder if it's just all the freaking shit you have to go through, you know, the ups and downs. I mean, if it just makes you, you know, you know Matt used to tell me, he goes, you know, guys like you and me are arrogant. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I was like, wait a minute, what's that mean? He goes, the rules don't apply to you and me. That's how I think. And, you know, I wonder if you, you know, your life, your route, the road you took to get to where you are, it, it seems, you know, Bumpy. It's. It seems like a lot of people would bump right off of it and not stick with it. I'm telling you, it's not. It's a, I had to scratch and claw. Yeah. And and I don't even know. Do you ever feel like I'm safe? Because you know, it just takes one bad service or one bad meal. I mean, it doesn't sound like that is your case, but you know, you never. 
you just don't. Am I going to have to be going to Berlin again? I mean, do you ever settle in? So, do you, do you ever thought about opening your own restaurant? Uh, I have. That's what they all think, right? Yeah. Isn't that the next move? Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, do you get to? Are you involved in like budgeting? Because that to oh, me is where I would well, screw yeah, up have, a restaurant. I have to manage that. Yeah, I do all the ordering and and I have to maintain the budget every week. Yeah. So if you're if you over inventory all that. Yeah. So do you? You know, Lisa's like, hey, bro, Brian, too many uh, zucchinis, amigo. <laughs> uh, you know, there are times when you do go over, but it all really depends on your food sales, right? If you were busier than you projected that week and your food cost is like 27%, you're good. You know what right. I mean? It, they're not going to get mad at you if you went over. It's just as long as your percentages are good. Well, it's always funny, like your Memorial Day or, or Labor Day weekend, because you know it's a big weekend. Yeah. So I'm sure you order a ton of food, and then it like rains. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, something where not all the people come down and... The first thing I think about is, oh, those poor restaurants, you know, because they probably really... I actually just had to do an Easter buffet. Oh, I bet. And uh, it was the first one I've done there. And so I kind of went a little overboard with the ordering because you don't know. You don't know. I mean, you, this time of year, it's rough when you're doing ordering because you don't get everything every day. You know, Cisco, yeah, you're, you know, your food provider you'll get, but... Produce truck may come two or three times a day, you know. So by Friday, you got to make sure you have everything you need. Or Saturday, that's your final cutoff, you know. So you got to make sure you have everything to get the Monday, you know. Well, and I think a, a group like Def the Defebos group, they can probably handle a, a little mistakes here and there better than like a, you know, a one man operation mm -hmm. where. You know, one of the restaurants that was here, um, the guy, the, the owner, I loved him. He was so good. But, you know, I always say they got they became too broke to be open and too broke to close. Yeah. You know, and it's a it's a tough, I, you know, I watched him. I mean, the guy almost lost his mind trying to figure out how to be successful and didn't turn out to, too well. But luckily, he's still around and he's still, I think he's yeah. working over at um, Pallet. Yeah. And he's a great chef. He used to do the, the coolest stuff. Like uh, we, I'd always order these quesadillas, and he used to take this briny, gnarly olive and stick it in the middle of a avocado. Mm. And you know, you take the pit out and then put the replace the pit with this briny avocado mm. uh, uh, olive. Olive, thank yeah. you. And I'm like, well, what did you do that for? Until I started eating the avocado, and that brine would soak into the avocado. Mm. And I'm like, this is. This is almost better than guacamole. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. But, you know, that's the little tricks you learn, I guess, in the, yeah. in the, in the cooking business. Yeah. Did you ever see that show Burnt, the movie Burnt? I did. What did you think of that? Uh, it, was, it was different, you know. I thought, I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of Matt, Chef, kind of. Chef, too, right? That was another one. Um, I don't know. The one with Bradley Cooper. I mean, he was yeah, really that good, was a, but that it was... That was, that was Tough. Yeah, it was a good movie, though. Yeah. But it addressed that, you know, because I think in, in, in this business, even in, you know, in the restaurant business and this business, because they kind of, they're kind of a lot alike. Yeah. But there's a lot of arrogance. There's a lot of addiction. There's a lot of drinking. There's a lot of struggling, yeah. um, dealing just, with personal demons. I just recently lost a, a chef friend. Who was that? Uh, he was actually the, the chef when I was in Rehoboth. And he passed away? Yeah, he committed suicide, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Was it was there struggles like addiction and stuff like that, or just no idea? No. Well, and there's you know, you talked about choking. I mean, um, Vinny, did you know Vinny? He had 
and I don't want to screw this up, um, but I was friends with him. I knew him for a long time. In fact, he was one of the first people I met when I moved to Rehoboth in 1994. But he choked when we had that big snowstorm. He choked and and died. Hmm. And I can't remember his last name, but they had where the crab house is. There was another restaurant that, that was there before. And I think his father used to have, um, there was a little steak shop next to like Louie's. And I think they were associated with that too, but I might be screwing that up. But, you know, it's weird, like people passing on, especially as we get older. Yeah. It's, it's odd. And uh, you're right, it's tough. Working in, in the restaurant business can be tough, you know. Do you feel, I mean, do you ever get like overwhelmed? Do you ever yeah. get... Um, yeah, the stress is real. <laughs> the stress is real. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you'll, you know, I've worked with a lot of chefs that weren't very nice and they always yelled and screamed, you know, like Gordon Ramsay, you know. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was brought up into in this business. So you just got to try to be nice, you know. Well, and I was going to say, so do you take that, do you want to stop that? I do, do, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm really, you know, working on that right now. Not treat people badly. No. Sometimes it's just, you know, you don't think about it. You just... Working in the kitchen, it's hot, you know, you're on your feet all day long, and, you know, it's just a lot on you. you know? How do you stay, because see, like, when I was when I, when I was doing, initially when I first started doing hair, I worked at a salon, and, you know, it was great, but after a while, I was like, you know, I can't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to just show up for somebody and cut hair all day. I mean, I appreciated it, I was, you know, grateful, but I, I needed to own my own salon, <clears throat> Do you get to a point where, I mean, I, it almost seems like you can't just be the head chef forever. I mean, I almost feel like you got to, I may be wrong. You may have to tell me, but that I would always be like, I should open a restaurant or partner up or I need to take these amazing skills to the next level. Yeah. And then you got to do like uh, um, catering. Then you mm-hmm. get a van. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. then you get another restaurant. Yeah. Are you not are you not open to that idea or are you just are you just cool with doing what you're doing for right now? I'm just trying to get back on my feet right now. I get that. You know, currently separated from my wife. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It was my doing. Oh, I'm not the one to talk to about. <laughs> I just got married. Yeah. For the third time. Yeah, okay. Well. Third time's a charm though. And I you know, that's another, you know, I've had to really um because it was my fault. Mm. And I've had, you know, I want to be, you know, there for my children. You know, I'm not married to my ex-wives, but, you know, I still want to be a, a, a great ex-husband, mm. you know, as great as that I can be as far as like as raising our children. And, um, you know, it's a great opportunity to be like, go, go to hell. Um, luckily, they're pretty even, even headed, but there's, you know, humility. I actually uh, had pretty major foot surgery done in 2014. On my foot. It was rough. What was it? What was the problem? Uh, Plantar fasciitis? Yeah, I had hammer toes. Okay. Almost to the point where, like... You were curled under? Yeah. Wow. Bad bunion, you know. Is that just just luck of the draw, or was that from standing on your feet a lot? Uh, It's probably genetics or whatever you want to call it, you know. It's tough fixing your foot, too. I'm going through some foot stuff right now, and I just... I'm avoiding it, because I know it... I mean, you're on your feet 13 hours a day sometimes, you know, 10 right. hours. It's hard. But you got it fixed. You're mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I think so. So what's the future look like for you? 
I don't know. Are you just ready for the summer to get going? Yeah, I'm ready. You know, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good summer. It's gonna be very busy too. It's already starting to get there now. You know. Do you think that's just all the people moving here, or do you think it's gonna be? I mean, because isn't every summer busy? Yeah, but this is it gonna be different. I think it's gonna be different. This I summer. think it's gonna be a hot summer. Yeah, I'm calling. I mean, the amount of rain California got. Yeah, I, I don't know what the future holds for me, man, but I'm just going to keep on pushing, you know. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. How'd that go? Because that was an hour. That was an hour? Were it you didn't, nervous? didn't feel like it, no. No. Were you nervous? No. I I was nervous on my way here, but... I appreciate it, man, and I am on your side, and I'm like you. You know, whatever... If you will ever come back, I'd love it. Yeah. If you yeah. want to talk about food, I mean... So we got the hard shit out of the way. Yeah. Now it's about, like... Let's make you shine. Yeah. You know, come in. Let's talk about food. I mean, yeah. I my door is always open for you. Yeah. Okay? And um, that doesn't mean I want any special service <laughs> or anything. I just, you know, I want to, if I can do anything to create value for you. And I know, you know, Lisa and them, they're awesome. And, you know, luckily they're um, they're good people. So, you know, I'm sure you, I know you're in the right hands. But I'm interested. And uh, I want to hear more about your cooking. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on, Brian. Come back Thank sometime? You. I definitely will. Keep up that chef's table? House. House. <laughs> chef's house on Facebook. Chef's man. house on Facebook. And what do you do there? Can I like? Can I post pictures of food? You, or can, is po- it... you can post pictures of food, whatever you like. Yeah. If I've been accepted into the into the house? Yeah. Are you a member? Or... I don't know. You're stinking up my Facebook with all your food, so <laughs> I'm assuming I am. I've, I get all of your... I get all of your... Um, let me just text my wife. She's like, are you in the middle of a podcast? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I look at all your food and I, you know, and I, and actually, you know what? I was talking to somebody about doing this podcast with you and they were, they followed your food. Oh, wow. So 4,500 people, that's bound to happen. Yeah. Uh, let me just look at my Facebook and see where, if I'm a member, cause I want to be. It's called Chef's. Chef's House. Chef's. And, you know, I, I try to let anybody in there, you know, if you're a home cook, doesn't matter. I mean. Chef's house. Yeah, I'm part of it. I can write something. Yeah, absolutely. Can, so if I can write, can, I'm can part post, of it. You can post our podcast, yeah. I will. I'll yeah. post our podcast. Yeah. And I'll, you know what? I'm going to take your picture right now, but I want to do another picture together. But every time I do these damn podcasts, the person drives off and I never take the picture. <laughs> oh, wow. And I, I need to post it. So yeah. I will do that. Brian, I appreciate it, my man. You keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job at it. Awesome. And I appreciate you trusting in me to to do this with I'm me. I'm glad so. you had me on. Yeah. Yeah, brother. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, have a have a good one. Bye.